1: When you do it as unto the Lord, that is treasure that is waiting for you in heaven.
0: Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth.
1: Today we're going to be in Genesis chapter 48 and 49, and I entitled this message, Our Last Day. Let's read here together, picking up in verse 11 of chapter 48. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face. Again, they told him that he was eaten by a wild animal. And behold, God has let me see your children as well. Then Joseph took them from his knees and he bowed with his face to the ground. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand towards Israel's left and Manasseh with his left hand towards Israel's right. And he brought them close to him. But Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was younger, and left his left hand on Manasseh's head, crossing his hands, although Manasseh was the firstborn. Okay, well, what does that mean? So again, notice, Jacob blesses the younger brother, Ephraim, over the older brother, Manasseh. Normally, it would be the oldest that has the blessing. And in verse 17, Joseph wasn't happy about that decision. But that's how God wanted it in this case. It was God's will. For Jacob himself was also the youngest, remember? His older brother Esau was the older, but God gave the blessing to the younger, to Jacob. And, you know, Joseph, he too, was the youngest of all of his brothers. Well, Benjamin was the youngest, but he was the second youngest. And God's given the blessing to him also, over all of the other brothers. So here, Joseph's younger son is blessed over the older. I wonder if there's anyone that feels like the lesser here today, because God doesn't do this anymore. We're on an equal playing field now, because we are now all in Christ, and God does not play any favorites with any of us. But maybe you feel like you're the underdog in every situation. You know, that there's always a blessing for someone else and not you. You know, maybe you're not the firstborn. I mean, don't you hate the firstborn? I mean, my older brother, he got all the privileges. Here, Steve, you have to go to bed. Well, what about him? He gets to stay up. Why? He's older. Oh, my goodness. It's like, oh, yeah. Hey, we're getting you new clothes, but you, you get the hand-me-downs. Here, have some hand-me-downs. Here, hey, we're going to buy your brother a motorcycle. Well, what about me? He's older. Oh, my goodness. You know, ah, you know, it was always him. He was getting this. He was getting that. And then he would burn my parents out, like that first motorcycle. Oh, man, he just, he tore that thing apart. He destroyed it. They took it in. They spent hundreds of dollars on this thing. And then finally, when that came to me, he's like, no, we're not doing that again. We learned our lesson with the older one. Huh? It's always the older one, you know. Oh, my goodness. You know, maybe you kind of feel the same way. But yet, the Lord, we all stand as individuals. God will simply judge us on what we do, on the fruit of our lives. Remember, we're going to be judged on the motive of everything that we do. What are the motives of the things that you do? That's why the Bible tells us in Matthew 6, 19, Jesus speaking, he says, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth, Where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be also. So, what he's saying is every time you do something from the right motive and the right heart, that is treasure in heaven. Because you're not looking to get a pat on the back from someone here. You're just doing it as under the Lord, whether you're giving to the Lord financially or whatever. When you do it as unto the Lord, that is treasure that is waiting for you in heaven. Yes, it's not what we look like. It has nothing to do with how educated we are. It has nothing to do with how educated we're not. It's not how well we can or cannot speak. God just simply looks at the motive of our heart. It has nothing to do with our abilities, but it has everything to do with our availability. I wonder just how available you are for the things of God. You know, God wants to use us when we're in season and out, meaning when we feel like it or we don't feel like it. But getting back to our text, obviously Joseph was the most faithful out of all of Jacob's sons. And he and his two boys walked away with the first blessings of Jacob. Let's read chapter 49, verse one. It says, then Jacob summoned his sons and said, assemble yourselves that I may tell you what will befall you in the days to come. Gather together and hear, O sons, of Jacob, and listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are the firstborn, my might and the beginning of my strength, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. Boy, I bet I bet you Reuben wished that that verse would have just stopped right there. But unfortunately, he went on in verse four, and he says uncontrolled as water, you shall not have preeminence because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it. He went up to my couch. Wow. Uh Uh-oh. So it didn't go well for Reuben. He's the firstborn. Reuben should have walked away with everything. He had it all. He was a man's man. He was full of youthful promise. He tried to do the right thing when his brothers were going to kill their little brother Joseph. Remember, he, he took him, put him in a hole. He was going to come back and get him later. Yet his plan was foiled by his conniving brothers. Maybe he should have been more forthright with them as the eldest, but his heart was weak. And later on in his life, the lust of his flesh took over his heart. And what was he guilty of years earlier? It's now going to come back and bite him. You think you do something, oh, you'll never hear from it again? Uh, Not the case. As Jacob said in verse four, he says, uncontrolled as water, you shall not have preeminence because you went up to your father's bed. You remember what happened, right? It was when his father Jacob was going through the most tragic and traumatic time in his life as the woman that he loved Rachel was bearing their second son Benjamin you were told in Genesis 35:22 and it came about when Israel was dwelling in that land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah his father's concubine and Israel Jacob heard of it How low can you go? How low can you go? His dad is burying the love of his life, Rachel. And his eldest son from his other wife, Leah, sleeps with his dad's concubine. Who is this concubine, Bilhah here? You know, maybe he justified it in his own mind, you know, because we have... We take all the opportunities we can to justify our sin, do we not? We try to find some way where it doesn't look so bad. It's not as bad as it really is. Everyone else is doing it. But remember, Bilhah was given to Jacob by the love of his his life, Rachel, as another wife. You're thinking, well, why would a wife give another woman to her husband as another wife? Because she was so burdened before she had Joseph as her son and Benjamin that she wanted to raise children through another woman. So he she gave so he wouldn't be in sin this concubine to her husband as a wife and the children that came out of her she was raising as her own before she had Joseph. So, it was a wife of his. Oh, my goodness. That's where Dan and Naphtali came from. It was two sons that were born to Bilhah here. So, there is no way of justifying sleeping with Bilhah. Yeah, maybe Joseph, you know, uh, Jacob didn't love her. You know, maybe his love for Rachel was that it, and that's it. But but whatever the case is, it's like, you don't sleep with your dad's wife, <laughs> okay, you, you don't do it. But he probably justified it. He doesn't love her just like he doesn't love my mom, Leah, either. So I'm going to do whatever I want, totally re- disregarding the wickedness of this sin and slap his dad in the face of his own father, Jacob. Oh, how we do the same when we sin. When we you know, We have to understand when we sin, we sin against God and God only. Know this, if we start playing around sexually, we can always try to justify it by saying, well, you know, I'm sleeping with my boyfriend or I'm sleeping with my girlfriend. Well, it's, we love each other. Oh, really? Yes, yes, we, we love each other. And, and we're talking about getting married one day. So it's like, you know, so you justify sleeping with each other. But don't say that you love each other because you don't love each other. I mean, if you love that person, why would you allow that person to sin before God? Because you're leading that person down in sin before God. So you're sleeping with your boyfriend, you're sleeping with your girlfriend, you don't love them because you're allowing this other person to sin against God. No, that's not love, that's lust. You're supposed to be the heart protector of that person. That's what you're supposed to be not leading them in sin against God. Anytime that you disregard the commandments of God, you're sinning against God. It was David who had multiple wives, remember? And he wanted to go sleep with one of his mighty men. He had a wife That her name was Bathsheba, and she was stunningly beautiful. And instead of David looking at all of his beautiful wives and beautiful concubines that he had, he had to have this man's wife. And so he went and slept with her. And when he finally repented of that, this is what he said to God in Psalm 51:4. He says, Against you, God, and you only, I have sinned, and I've done what is evil in your sight. So you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge me. Yes, he realized, oh God, I've done this before you. Which brings up now the next two sons that Jacob talks to. So it picks up here in chapter 49, verse 5. He says, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are implements of violence Let my soul not enter into their counsel. Let not my glory be united with their assembly, because in their anger they slew men, and in their self-will they lamed oxen. Cursed be their anger." for it is fierce in their wrath, for it is cruel. I will disperse them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Wow, well, that doesn't sound like a good blessing for them. And you remember what happened, right, with them? We read this earlier in Genesis. Their little sister Dinah was violated by a man man named Shechem, and he truly needed to be dealt with, severely punished, even put to death. Shechem needed to be put to death for violating this girl, but Simeon and Levi took matters in their own hands, and not only did they judge Shechem and kill him, but they poured out their wrath on every man in that city, killing every single one of them. Yes, these two sons were ruled by their own anger and their own vengeance. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, thus says the Lord. I wonder how you deal with anger, do you have the hey i don't get angry, I just get even attitude. Do you pay back attitude for attitude? Oh man, I just watch this unfold before my eyes. Boom! Talk about attitude. So uh, our air conditioner broke, right? So we're up there. It's only like 102. I mean, you know, just 102. Our house is like just baking. It's like a sauna. And uh, we call the landlord. And and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get, uh, I'm going to try to get a guy over there. Well, you know, she, she does. So this guy comes over. He goes, yeah, I see what the problem is. I need to go get the part. So he's gone for like an hour. I'm like, oh, praise Jesus. Because I'm thinking like you're going to call someone when it's 100 degrees out on Friday. You're not going to get something out here till Monday at the minimum. So we're going to have to go through the weekend, you know, melting in this place. But no, the guy comes out 1030, figures it out, goes and gets the parts where he comes back, where he's parked in this alleyway that we have behind. And I guess you're not supposed to park in the alley, unless, of course, you're working on the unit. Well, he's parking there in this gallon, that lives on the other side of that driveway. She's trying to get in her driveway, but his car's kind of in the way for her to swing around. And so she's yelling. And I, I'm not I'm talking about dogs with this guy. We're talking about dogs, you know. We're just talking. And I hear the, you know. And I'm like, what, what, what? You know, and I walk out. And I'm like, what? She goes, you're not supposed to park in it. You're not supposed to park in the driveway. You're not supposed to, you know. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Well, you, do you want me to move it? She's like, you're not supposed to park. Well, do you want me to move it? And she's like, you're not supposed to park. Okay, I got that part got that part. Okay. Do you want us to move the car? I can just have them move it real quick. You're not supposed to work. I got that part. Okay. And so she's just going off and I'm like, and then the guy comes around cause she's chewing me out. He's like, do you want me to move the car or not? Okay. So he could have said that nice. You're like, Excuse me, can I put a little bouquet on it and you know, like But he's just like do you want me to move to the car? And I said, Don't you talk to me like that. And now she's out of the car. <laughs> and F bombs are going. I'm like, Oh my goodness, I mean this thing. I'm like, just we'll move the car. I'm like, it's okay, get back in the car. I'll have a move it. Okay. And they're like, oh no, no, no. And they're coming out of Now he walks back in my backyard to, to work on the thing and she follows him like, Oh my goodness, in the and, and I'm now standing in between her and the repairman. He's like You're rude. I'm rude. Ah! Okay, anyway. Oh it's like anyway. So uh but it's like, you know, you just see how this thing escalated. You know, it's like it's so easy to let things escalate. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs fifteen one, it says a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And that's what happened here. I mean, it just could have been, it, this thing never needed to be escalated like that. And I just wonder if there's times when you're starting to get riled up that if you just would have said something nice. Like, granted, the guy said, do you want me to move the car or not? Okay, he could have said, excuse me, ma'am, let me move the car. Maybe he should have just gotten the car and just moved it, okay? So that would, but then as soon as he said that, she come, ha oh, call. Boom. Okay, so anyway, it's like if that's you and you got a hot temper, do what the Bible says. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Stop stirring things up. Here's another area that maybe you struggle with grudges. Do you forgive people when they've wronged you? Or are you just like, you smile, hi. And you know you hate them. But the Bible says in Ephesians 4.32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, you know, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. When you forgive someone, especially the jerks in life, the ones that really try to make your life miserable, when you forgive them, you're not forgiving them because they deserve it. You're forgiving them because Christ has forgiven you. So you're just doing what Jesus has done for you. But see, that is treasure in heaven. That's one of those motives that end up being gold in heaven. Like, no, they didn't deserve to be forgiven, but you did. And you're not holding that grudge inside. Moving on. Then Jacob goes on to sing the praises of Judah. Let's read this real quick. 49 verse 8. Judah, he says, your brothers shall praise you. Your hands shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's son shall bow down to you. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey. My son, you have gone up. He crouches, he lies down as a lion and as a lion who dares to rouse him up, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. Wow, wow. Wait a minute, some might say. Wait a second, wasn't wasn't it Judah that had the plan to sell Joseph as a slave to the slave traders? Yes, he sinned as bad as the rest of his brothers. But I wonder since his brothers, if you remember in the text, all the brothers wanted to kill Joseph. They were going to kill him. Maybe his idea, Judah, of selling him Maybe that actually saved Joseph's life. Plus, there's another difference with Judah. He showed the signs of true repentance as he got older. There was no way out of Egypt alive, right? Because remember when they were facing their brother Joseph, they didn't know it was their brother Joseph. He was the second most powerful man in Egypt. And there was no way out, they thought. It was Judah who approached this stern Egyptian, again, who turned out to be their brother Joseph. But before, that was known. And it was Judah that offered up himself in the place of his little brother Benjamin. He said, my life for his. Take me as a slave forever, but let this little boy go back to his father, Jacob. Wow. Yes, over the years, there was a true transformation in Judah's life. This just goes to show that no matter how many mistakes that we have made in our lives, when we truly repent, God is able to forgive God is able to restore us no matter how much we've messed up. Let me ask you as we end here today. Has there been a true transformation in your life? Is there a legitimate change as a believer? Is there things that are happening inside you today that God is moving in? Or have you just given up in some area of your life? Some area that you know what you're doing is wrong, but you no longer are even trying to overcome that sin in your life. Is there something that you just said, I just give up on this? Maybe all you're concerned with now is like, man, I just hope I get to heaven. I just I just hope I can slide in by the by the skin of my teeth because I'm going to live the rest of my life the way I'm going to live now. I give up. Don't ever give up. Don't ever, no matter, how, I don't care if you filled to that thing a hundred times. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. I believe that we're in the last times. I believe that Jesus could come back at any moment. I believe that we're on the last lap. Let us press forward. Let us live a life that is well-pleasing to the Lord. Don't give up. Who? Jesus, he bore our sin on his body. That way we can say when we don't give up that we fight to the end. We can say what the Apostle Paul said in the end in 2 Timothy chapter four. It was the last book that he wrote, the last chapter that he wrote after writing 50% of the New Testament. The Apostle Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. That's what we want to be able to say. So don't give up fighting. I don't care how much you failed. Today is a new day. And when Jacob finished with all of his sons, he said this in chapter 49, or it says this about him. When Jacob finished charging his sons, he drew up his feet into his bed and he breathed his last and he was gathered to his people. He went home to heaven. Remember, he went to heaven. Remember when the Sadducees, because the Sadducees are sad, you see, because they don't believe in the resurrection. And remember, it was Jesus said, God is the God of the living, not of the dead. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're all in heaven. It's like he doesn't like the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. So today, decide to finish strong. No matter what you've done, no matter how far you have slipped in your walk with the Lord, and if you need to come home to the Lord today, then repent. Let this be the new day, a fresh day, just like Judah repented. And what did God do with Judah? That's where the bloodline of the Messiah, Jesus, it followed through Judah of all the sons. It didn't go through Joseph. It went through Judah. God allowed the Messiah Jesus to be born through his bloodline. Wow. Talk about finishing strong. Judah finished strong. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to Pastor and Bible Teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034.